You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. It's Friday, and that can only mean one thing. That means, I don't know what it means. I'm just jacked that it's Friday. Uh, that means I don't have to work tomorrow. I don't have to work on Sunday. I got to go back to work on Monday, but two days off, absolutely no responsibilities other than my children, my wife, my house. Actually, I have a lot of responsibilities this weekend. I promised my wife that I was going to clean the garage. I might paint a bathroom uh, that we're trying to remodel. We're in the process of remodeling. So I actually do have stuff to do. But I am going to try to uh, fit in a trail camera check and maybe um, do a little food food plot prep. That's hard to say, but food plot prep. I got to take out an old fence. Uh, should be pretty easy. Uh, it's not concreted in or anything, take down the wire and throw it in the corner and then I'll clean it up later. But, uh, I've made a decision this year that I am going to do, uh, a food plot and, uh, I keep hearing, I'm doing some research now about what I should, what I should plant. Um, so I'm thinking I'm going to do maybe half oats and half brassicas. That seems to be pretty popular and, uh, people are seeing good results with that. How I'm going to do it is yet to be determined because I, this will be my very first pod, uh, podcast. This will be my very first food plot that I've ever done. So I am, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'm looking forward to it. But today we have a guy and his name is Mike. And this guy named Mike is going to do a bow review for us that, uh, no one else has ever done before. So we're going to talk about the the gearhead bow. And if you can, if you don't remember the gearhead bow, they have an axle to axle of 18, 20, and 24 inches. So that's a very small bow. I actually did a podcast with Skip, the owner, uh, one of the owners or designers of uh, gearhead archery. And he talked a lot about uh, their products and and uh, the specs and stuff. But I wanted to get someone, some average Joe out there to go shoot it and fill me in on what they thought about it. And I think you guys are going to be surprised of uh, 
what you actually find. So Mike reviewed a bow from Bowtech and he reviewed a bow from Gearhead Archery. So sit back, relax, crack a beer and enjoy the show. But before we get into the podcast, I want to remind everybody, if they haven't already, go over to ExodusOutdoorGear.com and check out Exodus line of trail cameras. Right now, they, they only have one trail camera, but I can tell you after speaking with the owners, they have some really cool and interesting things coming down the pipeline that uh, I think you guys will be uh, really impressed with. Um, they have a five-year warranty. You guys need to read up on that. Uh, they have really good pictures they have really good video and my trail camera the one that i've been using now for over a month has yet to fail on me and most importantly for someone like myself it's very user friendly and that for me is a huge selling point so make sure you guys head over and check out exodus trail cameras at exodusoutdoorgear.com all right welcome to the show mike how you doing today I'm doing great. Thank you, Dan. Nice to talk to you. Now, I'm not even going to try to say your last name. How do you say it? It's uh, Michael DiNapoli. DiNapoli. All right. Is it cool if I call you Mike? Yep, that's perfect. All right, perfect. So you sent me an email uh, a while back, and uh, we're interested in uh, coming on the show and doing a bow review. And you were able to go out and shoot two bows that no one else has reviewed yet and it's been a while since we've had our last bow review so what two bows did you go out i mean you went out and i guess i shouldn't say two because you went out and you shot uh the matthews halon six the what else what else did you shoot the carbon air the psc carbon air and the hoyt carbon defiant but what were the two bows that no one else has reviewed yet uh, the, the two newest bows that I had reviewed are the, the Gearhead T24 and the Bowtech BTX28. And we spoke a little bit before we start started recording, but you were you were pretty impressed with that Gearhead bow. And I think what we'll do is I want to save that bow second. We'll, let's talk about the Bowtech first. And, okay. Um, so I tell you what, what was before we start talking about specs, what was your overall type of feel when you uh when you tested that bow? Uh the, the bow tech I, I liked it. It felt um you know well balanced in, in my hand, uh it shot well, it, it didn't have much shock or noise to it. Um I, I think in general it was a nice bow, probably comparable with most of the other new bows that I, I shot. But it really didn't stand out to me as being that much different. Um, it, it had roughly the same speeds, roughly the same specs. Um, and like I said, it was it was quiet and it felt good in my hand, but it didn't feel much different from either the Halon or the Hoyts or the PSC. Gotcha. So it was kind of all lumped into that same category. Exactly. Okay. So now let's talk specs a little bit. Why don't you fill us in on uh, everything that you can on this bow? On the on the BTX, yep. So it's got so it's got a, a 31 inch axle to axle. Um, the overall mass weight of it is about 4.2 pounds. Um, it's got a six inch brace height. Its IBO speed is listed at 333, and and that's for the 28. Um, they've got another one which is I believe a 32 or 34, which has a little more speed to it. Um, and the the overall price on this bow is listed at 10.99. Okay. 
Well, the one I, the one I shot, and and just for review, I shoot basically used to about seventy pounds, and I shoot about twenty eight and a half inch draw. Okay. This one was set at twenty nine inches and uh, at sixty pounds. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the the draw cycle. What was your overall opinion on the draw cycle? So the the draw. So first of all, this bow was um, completely set up. This one actually, um, I think, was one of the. I think employees though. So it actually had a, a stokerized um, stabilizer on it. It had a regular drop away vest and in, in a, a sight. So it was basically hunting ready at that point. All right. Um, it was really interesting because this bow, as opposed to the, to the other bows, you can actually change the, um, the, the cams on it. They've got the different settings, which they call the power shift technology, which allows you to go from either a very soft uh, type cam up to a very hard cam and then there's an intermediate setting which i imagine the intermediate setting is probably similar to, to most other uh recently high-speed bows that are that are up there today so that was really interesting and that was the one thing that was different about this bow than um most of the other bows that are out there so where did you have it set when you tested it so the the place that i shot at um they were actually really helpful and, and nice and and this is actually a good time of the year to go because they tend to not be uh, you know, I think probably most bow shops aren't that busy, so, so they enjoy spending some time. And they actually let me shoot it at both the, the smooth or the easy setting and then at the uh, harder setting also. And it was it was very interesting kind of between them. Um, the one thing I could say is because I shoot 70 pounds and this was set at 60, I had no problem in either setting drawing it back. Um, both both draws, I thought, felt very uh, very smooth and very easy. Um, you know, there was nothing that, um, that felt uneven at all about it. It was a very nice draw and it came to a very nice solid wall at the end. The difference I would say primarily was, um, the valley was noticeably different. So on the smooth or the softer setting, um, when you, when you kind of got settled into the valley, you could stay there pretty well. It was very comfortable. The boat did not at all feel like it was going to take off on you. So it was, it was good from that perspective that if you were hunting or something, um, and you had to draw back for a while. You weren't going to be fighting with it the entire time. Um, once I changed that to the speed setting, the first time I pulled it back, it pulled back really easily. And then it almost like jumped out of my hands, to be honest with you. It, um, it really had a narrow valley. So you had to be really careful if you crept probably even as much as, you know, half an inch maybe or something. It felt like it really wanted to take off on you. So um, that would be something, you know, for somebody really looking for speed, but I think you'd have to be careful, um, from a hunting perspective. Okay. So it was a little jumpy on that, that, the very high setting, I guess you want to call it. Um, yeah. so did you shoot it at the opposite setting too? So you shot it at like the, the low, medium and high. I shot just at the low and the high setting. I, I did not do the medium one because I figured it would probably break in, you know, somewhere in between. Okay. All right. So on this Bowtech, um, any, anything else that was uh, worth noting? Uh, not, not particularly. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing um, with this was the power shift technology, like I mentioned. I, I think it's interesting from the point that um, anybody that bought it and wanted to shoot it really could kind of try the different settings, see which one they like. Um, my thought, at least for myself, is if I had a bow like that, I probably would try all three see which one fit me the best, and then leave it. I, I really didn't get the impression, even though it's very easy to change the settings around, I didn't get the impression that that would be something that, you know, during, let's say, summertime, if you were 
you know, going out on some early hunts or something, you'd shoot at the at the hard setting, and then in the wintertime when it might be harder to draw, you'd shoot at the softer setting because whenever you do that, your speed's going to change, so your sights are going to change. It, it's kind of a big deal to, to, I think, have to set it up. So my impression is you'd get to try all of them, but probably for the majority of people, they would pick whichever one they were the most comfortable with and then stick with that probably, you know, from that point on. The, the other thing that was really nice is it had a, and I don't remember the exact term for it, but it had a, um, a setting up on the cams where you could actually adjust the synchronization very easily. It was almost like a little micro adjust where you, you just turn it a little bit and you could tune it very, very easily. Um, and that certainly made things much easier for somebody that did not have a bow press because both that and the, the, power shift technology, both those can be done without a bow press. And any other bow, because I, I work on bows at home myself, um, basically you'd have to put it on a press, you'd have to take the cables off, twist the cables one way or another to try to, you know, sync it and tune it and then take a look at it and see if that worked or not, and then possibly do that again. So this was really a nice bow for somebody that did not have a press, but really kind of liked playing around with their bow and getting it tuned and keeping it tuned and maybe playing with some things. This gave a lot of different options with that. And like I said, it shot and felt great otherwise. Now, I think that uh, Bowtech um, adjustment that you were talking about, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it might be called their yoke. It's like a yoke system. Does that, does that sound familiar? I don't think it's called a, it's, it's a new system because you, you don't, like on a lot of bows, I know you can twist the yokes. Um, I probably could could pull up something on that. I, I think I have it here in front of me just to get the name of it. Um, but I don't think it was the yoke system. It was another type of, can you give me one second? And it was called. It's called the micro sync dial. Okay. Right. And, and and when when you read it, it just roughly says micro sync dial it gives the shooter the ability to precisely tune cam position without sacrificing wasting time in a bow press. That's pretty much exactly what it did. It worked, you know, very nicely with that. He showed me how it worked. All right. So do you do you feel that uh, an average Joe could um, make the adjustments on that to get it to where they wanted to, you know, have it shoot the best for them? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think so. Like I said, it kind of gave you the options of how hard you wanted to cam. And then for anybody that, that either knew a little bit about bows or, or read through the information, it was very easy to adjust the, the cam sync on this to, to basically get the walls to stop, um, you know, at the exact same spot for the upper and the lower cam. So it felt good. So there was no motion. So you got the best accuracy out of it. So it was, it was great from that perspective. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, my first. I've always really been impressed with Bowtech bows. It was my very first purchase into what I call the next generation of compound bows. Um, I had an old school, I think it was a bear, but I'm not 100% sure um, because I, I bought it at a garage sale. I don't even remember it. But in, two, in 2006 is when I jumped into the next um, – the, the next generation bows and I got a Bowtech tribute and it was so different than what I was currently shooting. It could, and today that bow could not even compare with what is on the market now, but I, that, that, that giant jump and it just impressed me so much. I've always, I've always kind of been a, a little bit of a, a closet fan of Bowtech. 
Right. And and I agree with you hundred percent. My uh my first bow was a PSD, which I, I got way back. I want in the later nineties or something like that. And then I actually had a um couple of Matthews. I had a Q two and an S Q two, both of which I liked. And then from there I went to the Bowtech Blackhawk, which um you and I spoke about that I got in two thousand three. And I absolutely loved it. I mean it was a fast bow, it was well balanced. Um, it really was a, was a nice compact bow. It, it was about 28 inches axle to axle and, um, weighed 2.8 pounds, um, with nothing on it. So dressed out, I think mine weighed somewhere right around four pounds or just under four pounds. Um, and it's been a great bow. And, um, I have been reluctant because I've been shooting it off since that time. I was very reluctant to even change because as the new bows came out and technology advanced, they also got heavier and longer and, um, I really didn't want to give up that small bow because that's just a great bow for, you know, shooting in a tree stand or a blind or something like that. I really, really like it quite a bit. Okay. So overall, what what was your impression of this uh, Bowtech BTX? I, I really liked it. I, I mean, I think it would be a fantastic bow for, um, you know, for anybody out there that was interested in those particular specs. Um, you know, the one thing I learned, and I think probably, you know, most of, of the people you've interviewed had mentioned too, is really a lot of this stuff ends up being, you got to just go out and shoot these bows. You know, yep. if, you, if you're just trying to read the specs or you're trying to guess, you're just never really going to know. And um, the specs can be exactly the same, but one bow may just feel, you know, significantly better to one person than, than another bow. Um, but this bow, I think, you know, without a doubt, it's a top-end bow. It's constructed great. It feels great. Um, it looks like a like a great bow. And the speed and weight and everything else are very similar to, um, to everything else that was out there. Okay. All right. So now we're going to throw everybody a screw, a screwball or a curveball or whatever. And uh, we're going to talk about the gearhead because you mentioned – you mentioned, you know, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but mm-hmm. you shot the Gearhead T24. Yes. All right. So fill us in on that. Let's go ahead and and for for those of you who don't know, the Gearhead is a completely crazy different bow. Um, the the one that you shot, the T24, is actually the longest axle to axle bow that they make and then it goes down from there i believe they have one that is 20 inches and then one that is 18 inches is that correct uh yes okay so i've i've done a podcast uh, a gear podcast with those guys so if you haven't uh had a chance to go listen to the the gearhead podcast that i did um with i think it was skip is the guy's name. And after this podcast, go over and listen to that one. So, all right, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, this gearhead T24? Gotcha. So, you know, if you don't mind, I'm just going to back up for one second, just to give a little perspective. Um, so, you know, I've been shooting the, the blacktop, like I said, from 2003 when I bought it, absolutely loved it. And, and like I said, I really liked it because it was like a small compact package that was just easy to, I do a lot, I try to do a lot of spot and stock and kind of running gun type stuff as much as I can. So for me, a light bow is great. And that's something that thing really had, but, you know, without a doubt, since 2003 to now, you know, 13 years or so, technology has just changed so much that, um, you know, I, I just decided I needed to go out and at least shoot some bows, see what they look like. Um, and this is back in December when I started looking and I shot a couple of bows and ended up shooting a um, one of them was the Matthews Halon 6, and really, really 
liked it a lot. I was getting fantastic speed. And I ended up actually purchasing a Halo M6 um, back in December. Um, and like I said, great bow. It's uh, built well. It, it, Despite the fact it's a little bit on the heavier side, probably than most bows, um, I was getting fantastic speed out of it. Um, and uh, it balanced very well in my hand and almost no shock whatsoever. I mean, it was amazing to me what the difference in technology was. And probably one of the most interesting things to me was when I went back and shot my Bowtech, my old Bowtech, after shooting the Halon, then I realized what hand shock was because I'd been shooting it and not shooting anything else for so long. And really that, that kind of change to a more parallel limb technology had, uh, had really um, alleviated a lot of that shock and just made it just a fantastic bow. So, so that's kind of where I started out. And then you had mentioned about that time, I think it was late, late November or something like that, about um, getting some people on to try some bows and to put some information out there. Um, and I, I kind of took it to heart, and I was like, okay, yeah, it sounds like a good thing to do. So um, I went ahead and shot some other bows at one of the, the big uh, shows up here in Harrisburg, uh, like, like you had mentioned earlier. And then um, I, I heard your podcast about uh, Gearhead, like you had mentioned, with Skip Peterson. And I was, I was intrigued, I think, mostly. So I figured, well, let me go out and give it a shot. So I found a place that was close by. It was probably about 30 miles from, from my house and closer to where I work. And uh, I went down there and, um, and uh, met with the guys and you know, told them I wanted to shoot it. Told them I was interested, um, but I also kind of wanted to give it a shot and, and you know, let people know um, how it felt. And I have to admit, just like their advertising says, if you shoot it once, you just won't believe it. Um, I was that impressed. I took the first shot. First of all, when I picked it up, it almost looks like a, like, like a toy, especially the 18. I didn't really shoot the 18 or the 20, um, but, but they're very, very small bows, um, but their, their specs certainly look fantastic. But even picking up the 24, which is getting more towards a regular bow, it, it's just significantly different and lighter, and it has a different feel and balance than um, any of the other bows. And when I shot it, I was absolutely amazed. Um, the draw cycle was incredible, which which we can go into. The speed sounded good. I had to get some more information about that. But the, the balance of the bow is one of those things that you actually have to, I think, pick it up and shoot it to, to really understand um, how different this bow feels. Um, it was just, it was amazing. So when you your first impression was kind of, I, without shooting it, what was your first impression? My first impression was it's kind of, it kind of looks like a cool bow. You know, it looks, in a sense, you know, kind of futuristic. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of skeletonized. It, it's wider because it's got the two outside braces on it, and those are separated by some spacers in between the, in between the riser plates, I guess, and, and where the handle bolts in. Um, so, so it definitely had a different look to it. The upper and lower limbs were split limbs, which are, to be honest with you, pretty similar to either the Botex or the, I think the Matthews actually has really thick limbs on it compared to most. It's very similar to the Botex or any of the other split limb bows. Um, and the cams are actually very similar. They, they actually use, I think, Darton cams on it. So the cams and the limbs look roughly the same, but the whole center part of the bow was significantly different because it was two plates instead of a single riser. And then those were spaced apart in the center with, you know, like I mentioned, the handle and the spacers. And that gave, um, trying to think, probably three inches or something between the riser, um, between the riser plates. So it, 
looked different. It certainly felt different than most bows because most bows are probably on the order of three quarters or an inch thick. And then there's the cutout riser where it actually kind of curves around usually towards the right side for a right-hand bow and then kind of comes back in where your shelf is. Okay. So you picked it up, you drew it back, and or you picked it up, you drew, you drew it back, and you were you were amazed by how it felt. Now, talk to me about the shot. Your you know why you were shooting it. What were some things that were going through your head as you were shooting it? And uh, I guess talk about what what the specs were for that particular bow that you were shooting. Gotcha. So so again, this is the model T twenty four. It was their aluminum model. Um, so the, the axle axle is 24.5. Um, it weighs 3.5 pounds with the, with the aluminum. Um, the brace height is about seven inches. Um, it's, it's got the binary cam system, um, which is licensed from, from Darton is my understanding. And I think the estimated, um, IBO speed was roughly 337 for this bow. Um, based IBO. So it's a little bit different than how they report things on, on their site because on their site they use uh, lighter arrows. But when they calculate it out, the longest draw length on this bow that they go to is 29 inches. So they basically go from the speed they're getting at 29 inches and 70 pounds. They estimate that up to a regular 30-inch draw, and they're roughly saying, you know, 337 for a typical um you know, weight arrow that would be shot out of that bow somewhere around like 350 grains or something like that. Um, and the list price on that bow was 12.99. The two smaller bows just went down, I think $50 each or actually a little less than that, which is like 12.79 for the T20 and 12.49 for the T18. So they're, they're definitely expensive bows, but, um, um, like I said, very, very nice bows. Yeah. And I think based on our, uh, I think a majority of the work is done here in the U S so yeah. I think uh, that that might have something to do with um, the price as well. But mm-hmm. you were impressed with it. Um, you shot a couple arrows. What was the hand shock like? So there was almost no hand shock whatsoever. And um, again, this this bow was set up at sixty pounds and twenty eight inch draw. So the draw the draw fit me well. The weight was lighter than I'm than I'm used to. Um, but, uh, the, the, the hand shock was almost nothing. So the interesting thing, a couple of interesting things with this, but when I drew it back, um, first of all, it's got a great, very smooth draw. Um, there's, you know, no problems, no hesitation with that. But when you come into the valley and hit the back wall, it literally was probably the most solid black wall I think I've, I've, I've ever felt. So you drew it back and you almost felt like your arm hit a, a brick wall behind you. It just stopped dead in its tracks. There was absolutely no mush to it or anything. And, and that felt great because I think when you're shooting, you're not going to have a tendency, you know, especially on a prolonged shot of kind of, you know, moving around on that. You know where the wall is. You're, you're pulled solid into it, and it's not going to vary at all. But in the same sense, the valley was, was deep enough or long enough that it didn't feel like it was going to take off on you. So it felt very comfortable from that perspective. I was able to pull it back get it to the full draw and hold it, you know, for as long as I wanted. I think I held it at one point for a couple of minutes and really did not get a feeling it was going to jump out of my hand or anything. It just felt very, very stable the entire time. And um, for as, as light as the bow is, as soon as you pull that bow to full draw, it felt like my entire body just anchored. It was uh, an, an interesting feeling. The, the bow itself, despite being very short axle, axle and kind of lightweight, 
um, became very steady in my hand and did not tend to feel like it was torquing one way or another. And again, the back wall was, was very solid. So it, it, it almost felt like a machine. You drew it back and it just locked into that position. And it was just waiting for you just to release it, basically. So it felt fantastic from that perspective. Nice. All right, so what else? So this bow, um, interestingly enough, they had a, a Copper John's um, sight on it. And it was not – Copper John makes something, I think it's called a PST, if I remember right, which is a sight that's actually made to um, be reversed. So basically the – uh, the sight itself would be behind the riser on a typical bow, so it's not just for the gearheads, but any bow, and it would be positioned over the hand. And, and their theory, I guess, behind that is that if you torque your hand at all, because the pins are essentially over your hand, you're not going to move those those pins. And, and I didn't even know about this till after I shot the bow. So what they had done at this shot is they took a regular Copper John sight and they just um, – I think took it apart and put it back together so it fit in the reverse setting like this. And I did notice that because of a couple of reasons actually. So um, for one, like I was talking about, I was really surprised when when I grabbed the bow and I intentionally tried to torque it. Um, the the pins did not move at all like they would on on a normal bow. So my impression from that, I'd have to shoot it more to to be sure, but. It definitely seemed like if you're torquing the bow, the pins aren't going to move, so at least that effect of torque is not going to be an, an issue whatsoever. Um, so I think that certainly would, would assist with um, with accuracy with it. The other thing that I really liked about it is that really kept the sight behind the bow. So there was nothing hanging out on the front of this bow. There was no stabilizer. There was no sights. Um, there was nothing. So, you know, a lot of times when I'm hunting and I'm pulling the bow up into a tree stand or, or you know, stalking around or something like that, you're always kind of babying your sight, even though they're supposed to be tough. I mean, you don't want to hang it up on things. You don't want to bang it. You're afraid of banging pins or something like that. Everything was contained within the center of this bow. So the handle was in there. Obviously, the, the, um, the rest was in there. But now the sight was inside there. So everything was between the front of the bow and the string. And there was nothing at all outside of the bow whatsoever. So it made a great compact package, and it actually balanced really, really well in your hand. All right. So now here's the crazy part. You purchased the Halon 6, right? Yes. You ended up purchasing the Halon 6 because you were that pleased with it. But tell me, tell everybody what you told me uh, before we started recording. So I purchased the Halon 6, and, and like I said, I, I absolutely love it. Great speed, great balance. I mean, well-built bow, just fantastic bow. And, and I, I know it's going to be rugged, but there's a part inside of me that just, it, I really missed my older bow, the fact that it was very light and, and so compact and easy to get around. Um, so I shot this bow, uh, the, the gearhead that we're talking about, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I think, and um, and really liked it and, you know, thought about it and thought about it. I'm like, yeah, something. I'd probably like to get one day, and, and then I actually uh, talked to Skip Peterson on the phone, and um, he's a great guy and big help, gave me some additional information, and I kind of was intrigued more, so I went back to the shop and um, uh, shot it again, and I fell in love with it so much, I actually went ahead and ordered a, a new boat, which I never thought that I would do after waiting 13 years to buy a boat, to buy two top-end bows in, in the same year was um, certainly not something that I was planning on doing, but this is an incredible bow. I really think it's fantastic. So are you going to, you know, you, you got both these bows now. 
are you going to do a little bit of shooting um, and then compare and, and then basically see which one that you're going to use for the, the hunting season? Or do you already have your mind made up of what you think you're going to do? Well, I'm definitely going to shoot them both and see how they feel. We've got, um, you know, 3Ds coming up for us around here, and there's a lot of 3D um, courses here in Maryland. Um, so I'm going to go out and shoot some of that, get a good feel for how they both feel. Um, my my impression is probably I'm going to shoot the gearhead mostly for um, hunting season. I, I really think it's going to be a great bow on a tree stand because, you know, the one nice thing about the gearhead is the way it's all set up. You really don't need any other stabilizers or silencers or other suppressor type options on it. Um, and, and like I mentioned, when I shot it, it had nothing but the rest in the, um, in, in the sight on it. It was, had almost no shock and almost no noise with nothing else on it. So essentially you're taking a bow and I went ahead and I ordered actually the carbon bow. So, um, so it's 33.1 pounds. So you're taking that, you're throwing on a sight for, maybe six or eight ounces and then a rest for um, maybe six ounces or something like that. So you, the whole bow is going to weigh less than four pounds. I, I want to say my halon when I weighed it ended up weighing closer to seven pounds. So it's, it's much shorter. Well, it's a little shorter axle, axle but much lighter in, in weight. Um, and I, I think it's really going to feel you know great out there hunting. I think it's going to give me exactly what I wanted. And um, it, it comes with a pack, which, to be honest with you, I didn't even really see the pack. But um, if it works out well, I mean, that would be a great way to just, you know, throw some gear in the pack and throw the bow in the pack and just be able to kind of travel around with it. Right. Yeah, that is that does sound fairly convenient. Um, so how far were you able to test this bow out as far as range was concerned? So I, I only shot it at their indoor range. So so that's going to be one thing that, you know, I'm going to really kind of kind of drill it out. I've, I've got like a regular bow shop stuff in, in my house. So I've got um, drawing boards and presses and chronograph and, and everything. And I'm, I'm certainly going to put it through the ringer and I can get in touch with you, you know, later on and let you know how things go. Um, he let me shoot. So basically what I did is I brought my own uh, releases and my own arrows there. And the speeds I was getting were actually really good and pretty comparable to what um, he was getting. So I shot a uh, 365 grain arrow um, through the bow. And again, that was at 60 pounds and 28 inches and got uh, 261 feet per second. So, you know, if you bring that up to 70 pounds, you're probably going to be looking somewhere around 280, you know, somewhere between 280 and 285. And um, actually, I'm sorry, that was with a 405 grain arrow. With the 365 grain arrow, I was actually getting uh, 285. So, um, if I increase that to, again to 70 pounds, I'm probably be shooting just over 300, like maybe three or 305, and that's actually pretty pretty much on top of what they I think are reporting on their their website. And Skip actually sent me a, a list of different arrows that people had shot, and and these were the ones he sent me were out of a T24 uh, again at 29 inches and 70 pounds, and they ranged from looks like the very lowest weight. Um, somebody shot a 301 grain arrow. He got 321 feet per second, and it went up to, it looks like a 510 grain arrow, which is enormous, and they got a 253 feet per second out of it. And then just for something in the middle, around 401 grains, they were getting 283. So um, the bow is real, you know, it's it's really comparable, I think, to most um, bows out there uh, nowadays. I think there's some, some speed bows that are really moving faster, but you got to remember this thing's got a seven inch gray sight. 
Um, some of the speedboats that are out there are either six or five, which is going to give you, you know, quite a bit of additional speed. So um, I think that was my biggest concern with this was that I may not get the speed. But when I tested it and looked at the numbers, I mean, the, the speed actually looks fantastic. Um, interestingly enough, that was one of the reasons I went with the T24 instead of the T20 or the T18, because that shooting 28 and a half inches, I wanted to be able to get the maximum um, draw that I could out of it to, to get you know the most speed and the most energy. I'll shoot a heavier arrow, probably around 405 or something like that. But um, I, I wanted to get as much of that as I could, and um, you know, with the with the T the T20, I would be close to T18. You had to have a, a long string loop, which they talked about in your in the last episode that you had, and I just didn't I didn't know if that would work out that well or not. Um, and it, it just may take some getting used to, to be honest with you, because I, I think that's what what Skip actually shoots is in T18, and apparently he's been elk hunting and everything with it, so it's got to do the job pretty well. That's right. So you're going to buy it, and then what I'd like is, if you have the time for it, uh, a report back to us on what you uh, what you find out, especially at uh, those longer distances. Um, what is your what's your current arrow? I mean, before you purchase this, are, are you going to have to purchase new arrows or set up new arrows, or are you going to be able to use what you currently have? I, I can shoot either one of my old ones. So the um, um, I'm shooting the Gold Tip Pro Hunters out of my uh, Bowtech, and, and those actually still fit. That was the 365-grain arrow. And um, I'm shooting um, the, uh, um, the Victory VAPs out of my, uh, my new Halon. And uh, and those fit also. That was the 405 grain arrow. So either one of those actually, fortunately, will will fit. So I I don't have to go out and get a new set of arrows or anything. Nice, nice. So uh, anything else about uh, the the Gearhead T24 that you want to share? Yeah, I, I think probably you know one thing when you look at the pictures um, that that really stands out is. The handle is actually almost in the middle of the bow. It's almost between the riser itself and the, and the string. It's a little more towards the riser, but it just gives kind of a weird look. It looks like here's this pistol grip kind of hanging out in the middle of nowhere. And I didn't know how that would feel. I, I kind of, I think in my mind, had the impression that it might feel twisty and kind of torquey or something like that. Um, but like I said, what I, what I actually found is when you held it like that and you drew back, it absolutely locked solidly. And even when you weren't pulled back, because that handle is kind of in the center of the mass of the bow and the center of the size of the bow, the, the bow actually was really maneuverable. Um, it, it just it was easy to turn your hand, easy to move in your hand. It almost felt like it was a piece of your hand, and it actually made the bow feel lighter than, than even the, the, the mass weight would suggest. So by moving it back in that position, although it looked a little odd to me initially, it really felt fantastic. And, and that's one of those things, I think, that really makes this bow feel different than a lot of the, the other bows is just the simple fact that the, the hand position in there, I think, has really kind of given a lot of um, uh, a lot of maneuverability and, and control over the bow. Makes a lot of sense. Well, um, Mike, thanks for coming on the show and, and uh, uh, sharing the information that you did. And also, thanks for taking time to go out and test. However, I do want to say one thing. Of all these bow reviews that people have done, and and I, 
I, I went in, it's been a while and I shot a couple bows. I shot maybe four, four or five bows. I shot the bow tech. I shot, um, the, the Matthews Halon. I shot both the, um, Hoyt, Hoyt carbon and the uh, PSE carbon. And, you know, there were certain things that I liked and disliked about all of them. But one thing that I don't know what it is, but everybody, everybody loves the Matthews Halon 6. For some mm-hmm. reason, when I picked that bow up and I drew it back, it was instantly a no for me based, mm-hmm. based off the draw cycle. So I don't know if I have – I I draw back so much different than in everybody else or if I'm just used to my current bow, which is an elite. But for that Matthews – Everybody loves it, and I'm. I just cannot. I can't agree with it. Yeah, when I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually put that on on my draw board, and and I kind of like specked out what the draw curve was on that, and and I think I know exactly what you're talking about. It's really really steep, and what happens is when you draw that bow back, you put all the weight. Um, you basically draw all the weight up front, so it's not kind of a steady progressive thing as you go back. You're drawing all the weight you're basically drawing up to peak weight probably within the first, I'm going to guess, um, maybe 12 inches or something like that. So uh, it's definitely going to feel a lot different than the other bows. That's part of the reason they get the speed that they do because they're basically reaching that peak weight and then holding it for almost the entire way through the cycle. So that gives them, you know, great speed from that. Um, and, and I think when I talked to one of the dealers, they had mentioned that too. And the one interesting thing is um, you're basically pulling all that weight Early in the in early in the cycle, probably when your your arms at its kind of greatest strength or greatest ability to pull back, sometimes if that's way up towards the back end, you, you start losing your strength as you get farther back in your in your shoulder pull. Um, so it's definitely going to feel different, and it felt different for me initially, but I got used to it very quickly, and and I really like the speed out of the bow. I think I was getting uh, three fifteen out of it with the uh, with the three sixty five grain arrows and. Uh, right at like 302 with the 405 grain arrows. So um, it produced great speed with that. And like I said, I got used to it pretty quickly, but I know what you mean. It's definitely different than most of the other bows that are out there. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I will definitely admit to, I am, I love talking about gear, but I am, and I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm kiting, I'm on my way to becoming a, a gear nut, but uh, I've never been one to describe, you know, you know, you have your, you have your draw cycle board up, up there. I don't, I don't even know how to do that or where I would even start to do that. So, um, it's good to have someone like you come on and, uh, who is intelligent and knows exactly what I'm talking about. So, gotcha. Well, I tell you what, Mike, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you taking time to do this. And, uh, uh, again, um, when you, when you get that uh, gearhead all sighted in and you're, you're shooting from like 60, 70 yards, I'd love to know, uh, what it's like. That, that sounds great. And I will definitely get in touch with you as soon as I get a chance to ring it out. And, um, I, I wanted to thank you too. I mean, your, your show is fantastic. It, uh, you know, it gives me something to listen to every day. I'm, I'm running back and forth from work and, uh, you know, I think you do a great job by by really bringing some, you know, common gear um, and and sometimes some not so common gear to uh, to people out there that they just may not really get a chance to either hear about or test out on on their own. And I really think that's a big help to people. I appreciate that. I tell you what, I want to send a quick 
and loud thank you to Mike for uh, coming on the show and, uh, you know, taking the time to go review those two bows. I know it can be hard, especially on that gearhead bow. Uh, he had to travel a little ways to go to go review it because uh, they're not in a lot of dealers or stores yet because they are a, a brand new and unique company. Um, he also shot that bow tech. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks uh, again. And as always, and probably most importantly, I want to send a, a shout out to you, the listener. Thank you very much for uh, you know tuning in every week. Uh, the podcast is growing, and I have you guys to thank. Um, I'm going to start doing some live Facebook feeds as well. I guess you can broadcast on um, Facebook and it's just live. So make sure you tune in to that. If I know when I'm going to do one, I'm going to try to plan ahead and make a post. So uh, I think I might do one um, next week sometime. So keep an eye out uh, on my face on the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page for um, a scheduled time where I might do that. Um, Another thing, make sure you guys are tuning in to iTunes and registering for this podcast. Registering. My my brain is fried. I'll, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. All day at work, I look at giant spreadsheets. And I don't know about you guys, but spreadsheets are the devil. They look into your soul and rip out any happiness that you have left especially really big spreadsheets that take like days and days to complete sorry sorry about that tangent i just had to express myself but go to itunes go to stitcher go to facebook like i just mentioned go to twitter go to instagram i'm pretty much everywhere and uh yeah look me up other than that i hope everybody has a fantastic weekend hopefully you're either turkey hunting uh, mushrooms are going to start popping here pretty soon the fish are biting and uh what else turkey mushrooms fishing that pretty much breaks down my spring um, i can't wait to go out and check my trail cameras this weekend because you know there still might be some shed hunting left to do if it was any indication of last weekend there's still some bucks holding and uh it's just crazy how long they're they're staying on the heads this year but if you're in a tree stand you're hunting or you're not hunting or you're setting up or you're tearing down a tree stand make sure to wear 